Isn't there a prompt? Uh, we were supposed to like come to class with three questions. I mean, the question is just like, to what extent does our world reflect a dystopia? So it's just like the essay, right? Like kind of. Um, I can ask one of mine. Um, after you guys watched like Social Dilemma and did that whole assignment, did you guys still like keep using social media the same way or did it change like how often you guys go on the apps or like how you click on ads and stuff? Because it changed it for me. I think it like opened my eyes to it, but I'm already like too far into like using social media to quit now. Oh, and this is Alex just so much k knows um and like the techniques they use are like addictive obviously so like i can't really stop myself now yeah like i agree because um after i watched the social dilemma i it wasn't that i used social media less it was kind of like i noticed when i was picking up my phone and i noticed that like every time a notification popped up like i had to check my phone and it was just like, I guess what you said, Alex, is eye-opening. And um, yeah, like, what about you guys? What do you think? I've definitely noticed it a lot more. And I've like noticed some kinds of um, like little things that social media is using. Like on Instagram, if you go on your Explore page, I've noticed if you're like watching videos, it automatically goes to the next one. So it, Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'll turn off my phone after this video, but then I get distracted because the next video automatically comes up. And also I've seen like a lot more people seeking validation through social media, like the girl in the social dilemma, which I didn't really notice before. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I like, guess not like I'm using social media less anymore, but it makes me, when I'm realizing like the techniques that they're using to keep us addicted and how they're getting our information by the stuff we're watching, like the links we're clicking. Um, I think that, well, I don't really use social media too much. Yeah, the only use of it for me is just communication. But I feel like for others, if I'm assuming correctly, they, they I feel like they watched this movie, but they're now just actively, knowingly, just doing what the um, what the app wants, pretty much, because they're addicted to it. So I don't think it makes too much of a difference in the way that they deal with it, but in the way that they know what's happening. Do you guys know what I mean by that? Yeah, I mean... I still like I will be on my com oh it's Marielle by the way I'll be on my computer and I'll be online shopping and um then I'll go on my phone on Instagram and there's like an ad for the same website and um I don't know it's just kind of like in the movie when like the um CEOs of things and like the guys who made like Pinterest and Facebook were kind of talking about how they have actual people for that like checking like um, your interaction with different things. I thought that was kind of weird because now, like, I started like counting the seconds I was on different ads. I was like, oh, this one's probably going to show up again. Like, um, I just thought it was like kind of weird that like there's an actual science to that. 
it's not just random and it's like i always thought it was kind of just your computer checking like oh just sending a signal to your phone that like this is what you're looking at but there's like an actual job for that at these platforms i think this might be um like computers and programs that are like picking everything that's um like gonna show up on our feed but i definitely agree it's like it's I guess it's relating to manipulation. I guess it relates to like Brave New World in 1984. Um, okay, I think so. In the film Social Dilemma, um, I think he was the creator of the like button. Um, but he was just like, our attention can be mined, you know, like we're more profitable to a corporation if we're spending time like staring at a screen, you know, instead of actually living life. And like, he kind of just was saying that corporations are using like powerful artificial intelligence to outsmart us and figure out like how to pull our attention away and like distract us. So I thought that was kind of eye-opening. And I mean, I guess that completely relates to like Brave New World in 1984 because he used like propaganda and in Brave New World, they're always constantly being entertained and conditioned. So I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I think another thing that was really interesting about the social dilemma was how they uh, showed that, um, like, the product is not social media, and you using social media, it's your attention because they're getting paid for your, the more attention you spend on ads, and I think that's very dystopian. Um, so that wasn't really like one of the factors in 1984 or in uh, Brave New World, but like that is definitely a sign of a dystopian society that we could be uh, reaching in the future. I think you could kind of relate the social dilemma to 1984 in terms of surveillance because they're using um, surveillance capitalism to make money off of us. So I think like cell phones have pretty much become mini telescreens because they follow us around everywhere, just like the telescreens do. And I think oh, this is Alex again. Um, pretty much like surveillance in 1984 was more to like keep people from rebelling, but like surveillance on our phones is to make money off of us. Just like you said, Kelsey, like we're the product. This is Jack speaking again. What do you guys think about the less of, I think it's less about what their, the importance of this is less about the attention that it's getting from you, but more what your attention is on. Do you remember in um, Social Dilemma how they spoke about um, all these things like radical groups and false theories like flat earth have been like rising because if you have one person they talked about the psychology behind it if you have one person who thinks they're correct about something and then you take that person and you say there's a whole group of them then they feel inclined to to support that group pretty much yeah this is jackie um i completely agree with you jack and i'm um, like in the social dilemma, um, I realized that like technology has already started playing like a prominent role in influencing the thoughts and opinions of the population, like whether it be for like a political agenda or like 
some corporations' personal agenda. Like they used they used tactics and you know technology to like maintain control over what we see and like what we believe. So I guess that can be abused in the future to benefit like a certain group, and that kind of reflects um, a dystopian society for sure. Yeah, I agree with Jackie. This is Alex. Like based on what we've researched or the stuff we've watched before, like they know who we support, whether like it's politically or like any other topic like that. They know who we support and they'll keep on feeding us the information that we want to see or hear to keep us on the app. I agree with Alex. Um, there's a special algorithm for like um, TikTok and like all the um, video apps and then uh, to keep you interested about like topics that you often watch. I agree with all of you. This is Ainsley. Um, what I think is the most concerning is that these algorithms and these advertisements are making us all have all these different thoughts and perspectives and views that maybe we hadn't thought of before. But then when that thought arises in our head, we think it's our own when it's really not. And it's been like strategically placed on our social media to make us believe that exact thing. And so that like to me reflects a dystopia because we're being fed information that we then believe is our own thoughts and our own unique opinion on something. And we don't really have control over that because you obviously can't like say, no, I'm not going to see that. I'm not going to think that after I see this video or any advertisement. So that's what's like most concerning to me about our society. Yeah, I kind of want to ask you guys about that, um, like relating to what Ainsley was saying. Um, I think that completely relates to like hypnopedia or yeah. So what do you guys think about like manipulation through technology and science and I guess like mind manipulation? Um, well, while relating to which, what Ainsley said, this is Jack speaking, by the way. Um, I remember hearing something about the psychology of a con, like someone doing a con, trying to scam someone. The, the entire thing is to get someone to believe that they have come up with this idea on their own when, that when in reality, the person who's running the con is pretty much placing the steps for it to be made and like set up yeah i feel like it's very similar yeah you could say social media is doing the exact same thing just in real life without you realizing that you got even that without you realizing that you got conned even and i i also think this is kelsey um i also think not only social media is super manipulative but some of the people like using it um can be super manipulative because they know um how to use it uh, and how they have to, because I feel like to make, to really monetize social media, you have to be pretty radical. And so some people will come up with like crazy ideas that will spread a lot faster. For example, um, Alex Jones show, he spreads all sorts of crazy ideas. Um, but the crazier he gets, like the more views he has and the more money he makes, um, and he knows that, so he'll just keep saying insane things, and he faces so little consequences, but he knows it's going to get him 
more views and he doesn't seem to care that it's like causing people to believe these things that aren't true and i think a lot of people there's a lot of people like that on social media networks who know how to manipulate their viewers into getting more views yeah i completely agree this is charlie by the way yesterday i was watching a documentary on, on q and and it was about how he was kind of using manipulation tactics and and beliefs that people already had to uh, to kind of feed on this idea that he was like a high up um high ranking person either in the military or in the government and how he could like feed them ideas that, that trump really won the election and that trump was um being uh trying to be pulled out by a bigger third new world order and just all these um crazy ideas that people already held but he uses those to uh to kind of grasp people and and manipulate them to do what he believes yeah i agree with um what charlie was saying because i've looked at like documentaries on stuff like that and i like sat in the car with my parents and they're like telling me all these ideas people have about that stuff i'm like oh that's crazy no one can actually think that and then i go on social media and i'll see a post for it and it's filled with little half truths so that you think oh maybe this is possible and if you're in the right mindset and you've been seeing it for like weeks those posts you start to like develop the like internal psychology that oh this is actually happening and then you feel the need to like tell everyone around you and i think that's how those like social media groups form where it's like you think you're doing like the world a service but really you've been done a disservice and i honestly like i started noticing like who my friends are following like like those types of like political or like accounts you know the ones i'm talking about where like people repost like oh 10 things that happened in this country like I started noticing who my friends follow and I'm like, oh, that looks nice. Or I'll be like, oh, like, why would that person follow that? Like, I had no idea they were into that stuff. Like, I just think it gets really manipulative, like the deeper you go in. Yeah, I agree with Marielle. It's like, there's a lot of people spreading fake stuff or fake news. Like if you see your friend repost something on their Instagram story, in most cases, at least I like automatically assume it's true because someone I know and trust is reposting it. But in reality, you never really know like if what they're spreading is true. And that's just what causes more and more people to believe the fake news. Yeah, and I think what's scary. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, I think what's really scary about that is our generation is becoming more and more reliant on social media. So they think it's a reliable source. Um, I got into like a discussion, a very heated discussion with one of my friends about um, the election and sh we were um, discussing it and then she started pulling up TikToks, like showing me her evidence um, and I was sort of like, oh my gosh, my generation thinks that this is trustworthy. It's just like random people in their homes spitting facts facts at you and with no evidence and it, I was just like oh my, this is what my generation believes so it's really scary in that way because we can be told literally anything and there's so much bad information out there yeah I agree with you and it, I think it makes us more polarized because when we're being fed all of this information we're like believing one radical side of it and then 
we're not open-minded to the hearing like the other side so even on tiktok like there's obviously like a conservative and liberal tiktok and say one conservative tiktok ends up on liberal tiktok the liberals will like completely like attack all the other ideas instead of being respectful about it like i i get you have differing opinions but you don't need to be hostile about it so i think it's important that we like see the other side of things instead of being almost rude to other people's opinions about things i uh, <laughs> um i 100 agree with you i think where we start to reflect a dystopia so much is that we're all fed completely different information and your social media feed is curated to you and to make you believe certain opinions so people end up being so hostile to the other side because everything that they see about the other side is this awful information like these people are killing people and they're not respecting anyone so then when a person who has these beliefs that they haven't really looked into shows up on their feed they're like oh my god like i must attack this person and i think that's where it gets like really scary because we all we're all living off of like our own relative truth in our own reality and our realities are each so different than everyone else's and so if we can't have like a communal understanding of anything of any event that ever went down like that's that's in my opinion what's going to lead to just like the crumbling of our society yeah i've noticed over especially over the past year like kind of what Ainsley and Alex were saying is basically just like people becoming more and more hostile and less willing to have a discussion. And um, I feel like social media, because it feeds us more and more of the same information and none of the other side of an argument, we're so set in our views that we can't even like step into someone else's shoes and see what their argument is. And I feel like anytime I have an argument with someone, I can't see their side and they can't see my side and I'll present something and they'll just um, completely disregard it because it's not what they've been fed and conditioned. This is Jack speaking. Um, I think, well, I don't think you can blame it entirely on social media though, because to an extent it's human psychology as well because the desire to or for for people their motives are to get famous off of it so you're going to promote it pretty much and then on top of that i think um yeah so what do you guys think are some ulterior motives for like social media besides just advertising I just wanted to say based on just really quickly on the last topic, um, I think it is kind of based on social media because in the past, most people got their um, got their information from broadcast journalism, like newspapers and TV shows. And there used to be uh, this rule called the fairness doctrine where um, journalists had to give equal time to both sides of an argument and that doesn't exist anymore. Um, so we're not seeing like, and I think that's kind of why we see people being so um, encouraged in their own argument. Okay, I kind of wanted to like talk to you guys about that because I don't know if it's better to have like a society or a nation that only has, that doesn't have like social media and it's just 
like propaganda or censored news that's not it's like what the government wants to feed the population because I feel like that has become like less um, extreme because of social media but then at the same time when there's social media and complete free press like people can say whatever they want so what do you guys think is better or more harmful? I think it would be better to keep the social media instead of having censored government information because to an extent it's like up to you to determine what you're reading if it's like fake or not and I think if we like take that into perspective when we're reading all of these things on social media we can kind of prevent ourselves from getting so like radical about these ideas because if government censors your information then you're like completely blind to like what you're being fed but in a way social media like you can control that yeah i don't think you can fully control social media though because if part of it lies in the hands of who's using it like if it's their if it's their decision to believe what they're reading I don't think you can rely on social media because in in social lemma they proved yeah the whole idea of it is to get you to believe this thought um i agree with jack but um however if you go on to chinese TikTok, um it would be a different story because Ch uh, chinese government has um complete control over the like TikTok or wechat um, they can actually control what you post, what you like say, and they can like censor important words out of like your comments or your um, videos. And like if your video has like um, inappropriate stuff, according to the Chinese government, they can like shut down your video and even like arrest you. And that's how they manipulate um, completely. No, I actually think that's a great example of like how our society already reflects a dystopia. Like governments are controlling what people say and believe. Um, I think, okay, I think it was Ainsley that was saying it before, but like manipulation of truth, you know, and history. And that completely relates to like 1984 because they can, they say whatever they want about the wars or like anything and the people have to believe it and they're just conditioned to believe whatever the government says. So I think that's kind of scary that our world's already like that and might be like more. Didn't this recently happen in um, Myanmar? The government kind of like was pushing anti-Muslim ideologies through Facebook because that was the only that that's pretty much that was their only social media platform, and it came installed on the phones that they got. Yeah, actually, I feel like that's a a. a a good example of just dystopian society being pushed into what we, or dystopian ideologies being pushed into what we live in right now. Even though that's not in the US, it could have happened in the US. And I think as long as you have, if a country can do it, I feel like why, why, why would the world not be able to do the exact same thing where you have a false ideology pushed along to an extent where it has real life consequences? I just feel like 
it start to become almost like a pick your poison situation because yes, like on social media, you get to have um, total freedom of speech. You get to post whatever the heck you want. You get to like whatever you want. But at that point, if everyone is having total freedom of speech, you are getting fed so much false information. So you just have to be able to filter it. Like um, for me personally, I never looked up an article during the election. Like anything I saw was through social media. I never looked up like pros and cons of this person on a reliable source. I would only see like TikToks. And then I know it's a thing to like end up on like the wrong side of TikTok. Like I'll be scrolling through like book talk and then I'll end up on like super like deep like Christian political TikTok and I have no idea how I got there. And then I look at the comments and they're getting totally attacked by liberals, which like yeah, when you spend hours a day scrolling through the same information and you get plopped onto like the pro-life vegans page, like you're gonna like, it's kind of weird. So I just think it, it does mentally affect you, but I think without the freedom of speech, like we're no better than like a total dystopia. Okay, I agree with Marielle, like it's kind of pick your poison. At least here, we're not being like what we post, it's not being controlled, like Jack said in um, Myanmar, how the government is posting things. So they only see like one side of everything. But at least here, we can see both sides of every argument, whether it's whether it's like false or real information, it helps you like have a helps you have an idea of what you want to support more than just more than if you're just being fed one type of an one source of information so this is this is steven speaking um i have a question um like how much will be some changes to our society if um social media is like completely gone it's like it wasn't invented and there's only like text and uh phones well i think we would still have a huge issue because if you look at polarization in news sources it's not any better um, there are some sources of news that are like relatively unbiased, but most of them, like you can see like Fox and CNN are like completely sides, different sides of the aisle and they both infuse, they just infuse a lot of opinion into their reporting and it's presented as news. And so I feel like if social media was gone, uh, journalism would just take its place. And we already kind of see like what social me how um, social media only presents one side of an argument. Like news sources do the kind of the same thing, and that can also be kind of linked to how there's no fairness doctrine it anymore. Um, so we're only they only have to present one side of an argument, and that's what they'll do. Um, this is Jack. Uh, this is Jack speaking. Um, I feel like. Relating to what you said, Kelsey, with social media or kind of um, just media or the general media or old media, pretty much um, would take over would take social media's place. I think they're already doing that to an extent because you can see it through the way that their articles are being made. Like you have things like clickbait to get people to which or to attract viewers in mass amounts. And then you have all of them are 
psychological or all most articles now are written or the title or the thumbnail of it are written with like a psychological tactic to attract a viewer and who's to say that couldn't be used maliciously i kind of disagree that it's like taking over like social media's place um kind of what alex was saying earlier oh and this is alex talking again i feel like on tiktok you're more like likely to believe what other people your age are posting and that's why so many people our age are like being fed all this information because if someone else just like us is posting this and believing it this then we're more likely to believe it just like alex said when he like sees an instagram story he's more likely to believe the, what the person is reposting because someone he trusts posted it and i think like articles are more the older generation because kind of what marielle said like we don't look up articles to get information we get it from social media um, i think we're just a just one quick comment i i don't think um i don't think old media or just uh news sources and media are see them in social media now I kind of think it all comes down to human nature because we were just talking about how like even if social media wasn't around, we'd still have a problem. And I think it's like, I guess what all the novels or like the dystopias are trying to say, like no matter what outcome it is of the world, it's still going to be, I guess, bad because um, I guess human nature wants power and I guess it's going to lead to corruption and like in Brave New World, um, it's like seemingly utopian, right? Like everything's futuristic, you know, science, like no one has any problems, everyone's happy. But in reality, like that's not the case. And I think Huxley did a good job in, I guess, making us realize that our world's never going to be perfect. And I mean, someone's always going to want power no matter which direction we go in. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jackie, because I think there is... Uh, like the reason why both societies that we read about turned out the way they did is because of power and um, sort of the manipulation of everybody's beliefs. Um, so I had a question. So even though Huxley's Brave New World is presented as a utopian society, we kind of see in the end with John's fate that it really is more dystopian. Uh, or just not as perfect as it seems. So I was wondering, would you rather live in a Huxley's Brave New World or in Orwell's 1984? Um, definitely Brave New World, because then at least I could have like the mental illusion that it was good. Um, like ignoring the details of what Brave New World is. Um, it's just kind of like, I don't know, I'd rather it be that kind of dystopia than the 1984 like a false sense of like um, purpose is better than I think like a false sense of total life. And I feel like, I feel like you would all, you always like wonder why like people don't notice something's wrong, but if things are already working out kind of for you, you kind of learn not to question it. Like you never like, like question the gift. Like you never ask like, why am I getting this? Like you just want like the good thing. So I feel like if someone's telling you this is good, you're like, you're having fun, like this is a great world, you're gonna be like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, for sure. And it's hard to like psychologically change that, especially 
when you've been doing it your whole life and that's how your parents did it and your, your parents before that because it's easier like there's strength in numbers and it's hard to be like the independent one out uh, i completely agree with mariel um because if they control your minds better they can um kind of make it less painful for the citizens to live in the world instead of in 1984 they make it like super painful and they um torture you they um just do stuff but in brave new world they can have um entertainment stuff like um they can at least give you some freedom to some extent and i think um it's better to live in the brave new world too this is steven speaking and i think I, oh sorry uh I, I i agree with both of you in saying that I think, yeah, Brave New World, in my opinion, is definitely better because having a society where, I mean, you're blinded to the truth, but you're okay with how, how you're living is a lot better than having a society where you're being oppressed and you want a better life. Well, I think... It's once over, like, it, if you have something better... You're not going to want, yeah, agreeing with what they said. If you have something better, you're not going to want any more than that if you're fine with it. Well, I think the false sense of reality and like happiness can be seen in both societies because in Brave New World, obviously they're happy. But in, um, I feel like the reason why 1984 was presented as such a negative, obviously we know it's a negative seeing how oppressed the people are. But it was because Winston knew, and he uh, he was the narrator, or it was about him, right? So he was showing us all the things that was wrong with the society. But most of the common people, like, they're conditioned to not know what's wrong. Like, they're conditioned to just follow Big Brother blindly and completely um, just believe everything that they're told by the government. So they don't they don't know that they're being oppressed and they're I think they're perfectly content like um besides people like Winston and Julia who uh really don't like Big Brother and especially Winston who knows why the society is wrong like I think everybody else was perfectly content because they they've been told to believe everything the government says and the government's just telling them oh we have more boots than ever we have more food than ever and they're like okay great they don't really see that what they're being told is a lie. Yeah, you know, Kelsey, I like completely agree with that. And um, I was thinking, so like in 1984, um, it was the concept of like two plus two equals five. And then it's like, what is true? You know, what is, what's actually right if what you're being told your whole life is like one thing. So, I mean, I guess 1984 is the battle between like universal truth or like the what the party wants you to believe and it was funny because I think in 1984 he was Winston was saying like if both the past and like the world exist only in your mind and if the mind's controllable by the government then like what then you know because then the government can tell you exactly how you think so someone can be manipulated and think it's perfectly fine like they're enjoying life you know even though it's wrong they don't think it is so does that make it right or wrong that's kind of what made me think i completely agree with all of you um and i think in both novels there was kind of like a theme of how 
it was mostly like a dystopia. Like I feel like in Brave New World, it was very much about like indulgence and the human tendency to just try and fill our attention span with everything that we possibly can. And then um, 1984 was really about fear and like fear of doing something wrong or whatever punishment you would face from the government. Like because of that, like they're always told they're being monitored. So if they ever make like a wrong move, it won't go like unnoticed. Um, so I have kind of have a question about that. What like other human trait do you think in our own society is going to be the one that kind of pushes us over the edge to a dystopia? Um, I don't know, like, if this would even count, but while we're all, like, our age kind of looking at, like, the information that's coming, there are younger kids on these apps who are only looking at, like, influencers. So there's, like, 14-year-old influencers who are telling these little kids to vote for this person, and then those kids are expected to grow up with that idea while also comparing themselves. Like, at the age of 11, they're comparing themselves to, like, a 25-year-old who's had, like, this surgery and that surgery. And then they're, like, we saw, like, the depression rates going up, and then they're growing up not thinking they're perfect, that they need to find some way to fit in. So then they fall into these, like, crazy radical things. Then they just grow up, and it's, like, your entire, like, psychological and mental health is just twisted from, like, the age of, like, 11. And I think if that continues on, the age is going to get younger and younger and younger. And then we're finally going to go over the edge because there's no sense of self left anymore. It's only what they see on social media. I think uh, uh, adding on to uh, what Mariel said, I, I think that the downfall of kind of yeah, the downfall of humans will be our um, kind of just our desire to be part of something. I think that really has an effect that you can see in social media. A lot of groups, I think, or I, I feel like a lot of people don't actually believe what they're reading, but they more just want to be part of a group than like what they're, what they are right now. Because being part of a group is, and I think it's just human nature to want to be part of something rather than on your own. Yeah, I completely agree um, with all of you guys. Um, I also wanted to ask about um, science and our world is definitely progressing towards like all this, all these scientific innovations and breakthroughs. And so what do you guys think about like Brave New Worlds, um, like cloning or the Bofanovsky's process and how is that similar to our world? I think it does more harm than good for their world because they're trying to control happiness and make all of their citizens feel only good emotions. But feeling the other emotions are kind of what makes you understand what true happiness is. And I think, um, I think John says it, he like says, well, I'd rather be happy than this sort of false lying happiness you were having here to Bernard because he was living his life through like sex and the drugs and the popularity. But once that all faded, he kind of felt true unhappiness. I think that kind of reflects on our society because like happiness is like, it shouldn't be controlled. It should be a natural feeling. Yeah, I think it's like that Inside Out movie where like joy and sadness go away and then joy sees sadness like comforting someone and that just makes the joy that much stronger. Like the contrast, because if you're like 
stripped away of that emotion, they just make everything seem good. Like it does start to get monotonous in your emotion, like on the emotional level. So I think you can't control every aspect of life because then you lose like how you respond to danger or fear or this, like it's just part of a personality. Like you can't take that away. And I think just as a last, I know we only have one minute left, but um, the scary thing about cloning and the fact that we're getting closer and closer to be able uh, to being able to just like create humans um, inorganically is that like we saw in Brave New World that they specifically create different classes of humans and that those like that they're that class for their the rest of their life and I can't remember if it was something we watched in this class or something I just watched outside of this class but it was saying like the scary thing about cloning is that some people in the future might want to create like designer humans like this is my Louis Vuitton baby, <laughs> which is scary because that baby would be like supreme and rule over, not rule over, but like just be, since it's birth, uh, more like- Oh, that a higher standard. Yeah, like a little higher standard. And it's like for clothes and stuff, you see like, oh, this is a Louis Vuitton shirt and this is like from Target or whatever. Like we don't want to have that with humans. It's definitely scary because they like I'll make babies that suitable for like outer space that are like suitable for hot environments. And um, compared to our society, um, we're getting like more and more similar to that, which is super scary um, uh, to the citizens, to the people living in our world. Um, yeah. And does anybody want to add on? We have only like one minute left. I just think that um, it's awesome, like scientifically, that they're able to figure that out, like that we're getting closer because just like, like congrats to the scientists that managed to make that like a reality because that's some like science fiction like type of stuff. Um, but I think there's a question of ethics there. Like, yes, it is cool if you can help a mom who can't have a baby, like implant like an embryo. But I also don't think you should be just cloning babies to make designer babies so that they can have an advantage from the beginning. Usually it's like luck of the draw in terms of like, oh, like what color eyes do you get? Like what's your like hair style kind of thing? Like you get lucky with like the traits you're given. But if they design it from the beginning, then people have an advantage just from the way they were designed. And I don't really think that's fair in society. Okay, I guess we're done then.